Welcome to Remember Me by Intervivos, the show about living life to its fullest, leaving a legacy, and deciding how you will be remembered. And now, your humble team of expert planners, taking the legal world by storm. Welcome to Remember Me. I'm Glenn Wagstaff, and I'm here in the studio with Mike Black. This is the show where we talk about leaving a legacy and deciding how you'll be remembered. And, uh, you know, today we, uh, we're going to touch on, you know, we're going to start our new series of topics, but we want to touch on um, something that I think in a lot of ways we, we think would never happen to us, but it actually happens every day, and we see it in the news. And um, so to introduce this topic, I, I wanted to start with, you know, because we're on the radio, uh, <laughs> way back when, do you guys remember the show War of the Worlds? Oh, yeah. Oh, when yeah. that first aired, right? I wasn't, I don't think I was alive at the time, but (laughs) I remember hearing about it. Well, people nowadays, maybe they don't even understand what that would have been like, but, you know, uh, the audience was tuning in to the radio and they didn't know that this was a reading of a story. They, they thought that this was actual, you know, news broadcast and that there were these aliens coming down and attacking, uh, you know, different places. And I think Orson Welles got in big trouble for that too. <laughs> they had to change some of the regulations, the FCC regulations because of that. You made a splash. You made a splash. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes in, in daily life, right, we have our own personal catastrophes, but then sometimes there's big things that happen uh, you know, hurricanes, floods, uh, earthquakes that, you know, tear apart cities. And I remember I was, uh, I was actually living down in Peru and came back just a month before the big earthquake that happened uh, a few in years San Francisco? ago. Uh, no, in Peru. Oh, in Peru. And there was the, the area I was in, there was this huge cathedral and, uh, you know, it's a third world country and there's a lot of, you know, um, buildings that are older and whatnot, but you know, that city that I was in was pretty much decimated. Wow. Um, I, I wasn't there to see it, but you know, the cathedral collapsed and you know, a lot of the building, pretty much any of the big buildings that were in that area just really just disappeared. Almost everybody lost their homes. Yeah. I I had something like that when I was in Nagasaki for a while, you know, then I came home and I saw they had a big mudslide and I was looking, and I was saying, yes, I, I know those areas because I was there. Yeah. So I, I know the feeling. That is, that's amazing. So just, you know, uh, crazy things that, that happen in life, and we see it on the news, and then, you know, of course, uh, we feel for it. But then when you're in that situation, um, the, the question is, would you know what's going to happen to your family if there's a death you know, what's going to happen, what's, that's part of the fallout is not just, you know, figuring out, you know, uh, where everything is and where everybody's at and making sure that everybody's safe, but then also where your important, uh, where's your important information, who can make decisions, you know, if somebody gets taken in an ambulance to the hospital, uh, who's empowered to be able to step in and, and help. Right. Right. And, uh, so, so we actually, we're working on an ebook It's called, um, uh, estate planning for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and the concept is basically, you know, if there was a catastrophe that happened in your life, would you know where to find your important documents, your important information, your, you know, would you have a plan that you could go and grab and run with, you know, if you only had five minutes to get out of the house? Well, you know, last year we had those fires down in my neck of the woods. Yeah. And you see people on, on the news 
and some of the, some of them were really prepared. They knew how to grab everything, and they actually talked about that. She, this one gal had everything labeled and put it in plastic boxes and things, and they were able to grab it. But other guy, other people, I mean, they had them on the news. They were taking things off the walls, and they just were just grabbing the things that they thought were important, but they were taking a lot of time to do it because it wasn't readily accessible. They well, weren't and it's really just like prepared packing, for it. too. You know, you, you think that you've spent a day thinking through everything, packing everything, you get there, oh my <laughs> and head. the most important thing's missing, right? Where's my passport or whatever? Yeah. Oh, yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's what happens, you know, when, you, when you're not prepared in those moments. And not to make light of it, but, you know, when... When those moments happen, it's it's just it's the last it's the last time you want like you you don't want to have to be making those decisions then right because of all the stress and everything else um, it's just not a good situation to be making decisions in yeah you know I was just thinking that uh, all the emergency like the EMTs the fire fire the firemen the police department they run through scenarios in order to practice you know what would happen if this scenario happened. How would they respond? You know, what would they do? Who would what what would be the things they'd grab? What would they need to take care of? So that kind of thing, I think, is important for the family as well. I mean, we've talked about in a fire drill. Well, I remember, yeah, growing up, we had earthquake drills down in California. right? <laughs> yeah. and so we had to get under our desk and we had to, you know, pretend like an earthquake was happening. What would we do? And if you're at home, what do you do? And if yeah. you're at school, what do you do? And if you're walking home from school, then what's the, you know. But you, you play these scenarios out so that if the emergency happens, you know what to do. Exactly. And it, it, it's not – it doesn't take you by surprise because you know what to do because right. you've already practiced it. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of times for our personal situation, our family, you know, these are things that get overlooked. If something happened to mom and dad, who's going to take care of the kids? That's a pretty important question. Huge, huge question. How many families yes. have thought about it? Well, I know um, – the first time my wife and I took our trip, you know, we took a trip out of the state, out of the country, you know, that's the first thing she thought about. So first thing she did was, you got a will. We got a will. We have a will in place. It's old. We need to update it. But it was at least in place, so we knew what was going to happen with the kids. Somebody told me the other day that, that uh, family vacations are probably the number one reason for people to do a will. <laughs> <laughs> and I pro- I would probably agree. You know, I, I had a, a friend of mine who we were helping with his estate plan, and uh, he was going down to Costa Rica on a vacation, and as he's going, you know, he keeps putting it off, putting it off, and, you know, we haven't been able to meet to do his documents, and he sends me a text message, and he says, if something happens to us while we're in Costa Rica, here's what we want. Big, long text message, right? <laughs> and I just texted back, you know, you know, that's not how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a last will and testament anymore. <laughs> so, but, you know, if, for every every family needs to have some of these basic things in place, to make sure that if something happened to them, that, you know, again, there's digital assets mm-hmm. and, you know, backup copies of stuff and everything that, you know, that could be lost. And what's going to happen to that information if something happens to you, right? If your house was burned down, what sort of documents would you need to have accessible and, and you know, available? If um, if if something happens to one of the parents, right? If, if I were to die, you know, who's going to step in and take care of things from a financial perspective? You know, do I have life insurance? Do I have, you know, other other things that I've taken into consideration, maybe, you know, funeral plans, that sort of stuff. But do I have an estate plan? Who's going to be the guardian for my children? And have we talked to that person? 
and let them know. <laughs> you know, I think that's something people don't think about. This is who's going to do it, but have we talked to them and cleared it with them? Is it okay with them? Do they want to do it? Do they want that responsibility? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, um, a lot of times we, we get the wake-up call because something minor happens. Right. right. And, and so maybe it's that, um, you know, you show up at school to pick up your kid and they're not there. And what do you do? Where are they? Who picked them up? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's that scary. Right. And those, yes. But those are the like the little moments or somebody in the family passes away. You know, grandma passes away and and then everybody in the family is thinking, oh, well, you know, well, do I have my stuff in order? Right. Sometimes we get those wake up calls, but it's worse when, you know, Hurricane Katrina hits. Absolutely. And then there's and then you have hundreds of people who are in the same boat. Right. Right. And I remember it was really interesting because I never thought about this. But as an attorney, I get these emails from the bar and, and you know, different things. And uh, after some of these big catastrophes that, you know, the, the flood that they had in Houston after the hurricane hit, um, we got an email inviting attorneys from other states to come down to Houston to help people um, with the fallout of insurance claims that they needed to, to make from the flood because there wasn't enough attorneys in the area to help. Wow. That's that interesting. interesting. That is interesting. And and a lot of times, you know, the last things we think about is if our house burns down, of course, the first thing that I'm thinking is, well, is my insurance going to cover it? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But most people, that's, you know, the last thing they think about, right? Uh-huh. But then that's the first thing you have to think about when you come back. Right. Is you have to think about, you know, how are these th- And I had a client that down in, you know, South County, Utah County, um, and they had a, a barn burned down and they had all of their important you know, all the important belongings in there. And they had collected all kinds of stuff for equipment and all kinds of stuff for years, mm-hmm. irreplaceable stuff. Right. And just, it was just full of personal items that, that were important to them. And, uh, and when that barn burns down and it's all gone, do you know what was in there enough to be able to archive it? Cause your insurance only pays for what they can confirm was actually right. there. Right. Yep. That's true. And so you're going through all these pieces of rubble trying to say, oh, yeah, this was my tractor. <laughs> this was my, this was my, you know, my bench press. This was yeah. my, you know, and, and then you can prove what was there, but you're trying to piece together the pieces after the fact. Wouldn't it be better to have had a picture? Yeah. Or to have had, you know, a database of some kind. Some kind of proof that it was actually yeah. there. That's, yeah. And good, and that's why thought. that's I think that's the sense of panic. We've talked about the sense of panic where, you know, you lose all your information on your computer. I think that's the sense of panic is, oh, crap, I didn't prepare for this and I don't remember what was there and yeah. I can't replace it because I didn't repair, uh, prepare. Right? right. So if that's something that you're worried about, contact us. 801-477-1570. 801-477-1570. And we're going to talk some more about this just after the break. Welcome back to Remember Me. I'm Glenn Wagstaff, and I'm here in the studio with Mike Black. So um, so let's say the big one, the big earthquake, you know, it hits. The right? one we've been waiting for for 
hundreds of years in Utah. The one that's going to you know separate out California and make it an <laughs> oh, island. Oh, that one right? too. <laughs> um, so let's let's say that the earthquake hits right, and uh, the statistics say that the majority of people in urban areas, you give them thirty six hours, and most of them are going to starve to death. Yeah, because they don't have enough food preparation. They don't have any you know anything that they could last for longer a longer period than 36 hours. I mean, imagine that. That's that's a short period of time. That's not even 2 days. They say that within they say that within something like 24, sorry, 36 to uh to 72 hours, the looting would begin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that within 4 days, there would be no uh grocery stores or convenience stores that had anything available for anybody. Wow, and that within fast. three weeks, 80% of the population would be gone in the urban areas because there just wouldn't be food. There wouldn't be. A, it, and just imagine, you know, all these people then that are trying to, you know, trying to make it, trying to get by somewhere, you know, making it over the desert or whatever, coming over to more fertile lands or, be more, <laughs> right, or whatever. And they come into their commu- in your community and they're just starved and crazed and whatnot and hopefully our disaster relief stuff and everything else is going to help with this sort of situation but let's just imagine that they're not there and that's what we call the zombie apocalypse right yeah <laughs> so the then case scenario yeah so then what what's going to happen with the fallout from these families trying to find each other from uh children that are displaced not knowing who their parents are or where, where their parents, parents are, are, right? And and not being able to, maybe their parents are gone, right? So then who takes care of them? So you look at these situations with the, the immigrant crisis that we've, you know, seen over the last mm-hmm. few months, right? And uh, and where you have, you know, people being deported and their children get separated from them. Now they're in the foster care program. And then do they ever get reunited? Sometimes they don't. And that's the risk you run. And by the way, it's not just immigrants because anybody who goes into uh, incarceration is is facing the same problems, right? And if you don't have documents in place naming who's responsible and who's legally authorized both to make decisions for the kids and also to take care of them, if you don't have that in place, then you're at risk of, you know, the default. Right. Which if the state's in place, maybe the default has, you know, ways for you to to find out what's going on and somebody to talk to and work through, you know, social workers sort of situations. But if society's not in a good place, then what? That that's a scary situation. That's something you don't want to think about, you know, because you know, um, my kids are older now. My youngest is in high school, so it's not as scary. But you know, my daughter is in Texas right now, and I hardly ever know what's going on with her. But it's scary. What would happen if something happened to her? We may never ever know because she doesn't keep in contact with us all the time. I've, I've, I've shared this story before, but you know, my sister. Uh, was at college and and she became unconscious she was at the hospital and the hospital calls my parents and they say hey are you the parents of julia yes we are okay well do you have a power of attorney do you have a medical directive of any kind do you and no they didn't okay so we can't tell you anything but your daughter's here right and that's what happens because and you know it's sad but a lot of times in these situations we hear about people who have passed away or whatever and they live far from home and mm-hmm. nobody even knew no i mean so the the situation where the you know the grandma that maybe doesn't have family nearby and she passes away at home and then they find her 4 days later or something decomposing because because nobody was nope. around i mean there's sad situations 
but part of it is because it's for lack of planning for not for lack of not having a game plan of who's going to check up on them who is authorized to make decisions who can call the hospital to find out if they're there we had a colleague passed away not too long ago right yes we tried to call the hospital to find out how they're doing they said we can't tell anybody anything except his wife we couldn't get a hold of his wife right away right but if there were documents that we could provide to say, okay, you, you know, his his executive assistant was down there also, and she was able to uh, finagle her way into the hospital. <laughs> they thought that she was his wife, but <laughs> but sometimes sometimes luck is on your side, right? <laughs> but but in the absence of having documents, nobody's really authorized to receive that information, right? And uh, you know, and I was just thinking, my uh, my daughter in law's sister just moved to Utah to go to school. And she's 18. I don't think she has documents like that in place. And this could be the same situation as your sister. You know, I just thought about that. I thought, you know, we need to get something in place for her. So so just before we wrap up, you know, some rules of thumb. If if you have kids that are going to be traveling out of the country or they're going to college or they're going on some mission trip or anything like that, there's some basic documents they need to have in place. If you're leaving the country and you're leaving your kids behind uh, in, you know, in the care of somebody, there's some basic documents you need to have in place. Right. Um, and if you're, you know, in a situation where maybe you're a senior and you're aging and, you know, you're looking at the potential of, uh, medical, you know, concerns and long-term care and that sort of thing, there's some basic documents you need to have in place. And the most basic documents in, in almost every situation is a financial and a medical power of attorney, a HIPAA authorization to allow people to get information on your behalf, Right. Um, in the case of uh, owning property, especially if you have real estate, a will or a trust and and just having some of those basic documents, you'd be surprised what kind of a difference it can make. And um, even even if, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this, even if you think that it's too expensive, get out a pen, a pen and paper and write it in your own handwriting. You can do a holographic will just in your own handwriting. Say what you want to have happen. And that doesn't cost you anything, right? And and the same thing, if you go traveling, right? Write a letter and say, I'm authorizing, when we went on our vacation just recently, you know, we wrote out a letter authorizing my grandma to take care of my children, make decisions on their behalf if we were gone. And I put the dates for when we were going to be gone. But just a little bit of prevention uh, is really worth it later because because then you have a little bit of peace of mind. And there's at least a recourse, of what to fall back on and what to do and what the plan was if something goes wrong, because we just, I mean, they're called emergencies because you can't, you can't foresee them. If you could have foreseen them, you could have avoided them. (laughs) You can't avoid it. So you just got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Right. And just a little bit of preparation goes a long way. That's interesting because, you know, in the olden days, they did, they would just write it out, right? On their deathbed, they'd have these deathbed wills and things like that. They'd write it out, sign it, and say, okay, this is what I want to have happen. And, and but again, worst, worst, worst time case. to do it, right? Worst time worst to do time it, yes. to do it. Because can you remember everything now? But. I mean, sometimes we sit with people and they want to make sure their documents get done as soon as possible because they have cancer and they have a few days left and they don't know when, you know, something's going to happen to them. But they're not in a good state of mind to think things through clearly right right we were sitting with a client not too long ago and his family's out of the country and he's making decisions as to you know big decisions as to who's gonna you know take care of final arrangements who's gonna make decisions for him and 
how things are going to be divided to his family and so on without them there. And some of these decisions include disinheriting family members. Oh. And some of these decisions include who's going to be responsible for him and the closest people that he has that he, you know, that he's doing this planning with are friends that are at best acquaintances. Oh, wow. That's... Is, is that the scenario that we want, right? If That's would've... not the scenario you do want. You want to have somebody there that actually cares about you. And and if he would have looked at it maybe a couple years ahead of time and have it in place, he wouldn't even have to worry about it when that time came. Right. So that's... You know, that's that's what we're advising you to uh, to do is is think about your future. Think about your plan. Make sure you have some things in place. Avoid the zombie apocalypse, because when that time comes, you may only have five minutes and it's not enough time to really put a plan together. So put a plan together now so that when that time comes, you can avoid the worst. And if you need help doing that, reach out to us. Uh, phone number 801-477-1570, 801-477-1570. You can look us up online, uh, intervivosplan.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-V-I-V-O-S-P-L-A-N.com. And uh, that's what we do, is we help people to plan for the future and put together their important legal documents to make sure that they avoid those problems. So next week, we're going to have a special guest to continue this conversation, but really talking about emergency crisis sort of scenarios and what are some of the considerations that we need to be thinking about when those times come and what can some of this type of planning do to help you to avoid the worst during those times, right? Um, it's, it's a personal crisis when you have somebody have a health issue and then all of a sudden they need long-term care or they're in rehab or whatever. Or when somebody passes away and you have to deal with the fallout from, you know, a, a funeral and everything. That's your personal crisis. But when a crisis hits, that affects everybody, right? A nuclear blast, uh, a flood, a hurricane, whatever. It's going to affect everybody equally. And you're going to have all the fallout from that crisis in addition to your own personal crisis. Yeah, and that compounds everything. So take care of your own personal stuff so that when the time comes that you're in a better spot to be able to deal with whatever happens. Thanks for joining us here on Remember Me. We'll see you next week.